I am very excited today to preach, to continue our series. But before I do, I realized I've forgotten something, so I'm going to put this back down. We've got a testimony. And each week we've been doing this at the start of our, our messages, sharing a testimony from someone in the life of our church. This woman has been in church for a number of years. I first saw her play drums in this large conference. I was 15 years old. And she still plays drums in our church, and she's absolutely amazing. Her name is Cynthia Wong. She's been a part of our church for a number of years, and she's just going to share her story. Hey, everyone. 26 years ago, back in Malaysia, where I'm originally from, I was at a place where I was fighting to find support to come to Ireland to complete my studies in Dublin Business School. Typically, those who were given the opportunity to live or study abroad are either from a rich family or they've received a full scholarship. I was neither in those categories. Basically, I didn't have the funds, the finances to come to Ireland. I came to a point of surrender where I had to submit everything to the Lord. Then just one week before I flew to Dublin, my finances came through. It came through in a form of student loan from the bank. It was probably one of the biggest miracles I've ever experienced in my life. God is greater than my circumstances my impossible circumstances. He is greater than any, any leaders, any polit political leaders, any judge, any royalties, even any banks, because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. And I'm so thankful that today, 26 years later, I'm able to give this testimony. And I've also fully paid off my student loan because after I graduated, he provided me with a job in Dublin. Praise God. You know, it's one of many, many, many testimonies that we have of life change in our church. And that's our mission, is to see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. And so we're just being highlighting that and celebrating that. And also part of that was our core team meeting this past Sunday night. It was honestly probably one of the uh, most exciting meetings that I've ever been at. Some of these times it can be, you know, where I'm giving information and there's questions and there can be some things going. This was like just celebration. The place was packed. It was so exciting. Sharing about where we're going or the building that we have and all the plans and showing you what it's all going to look like and feel like and our leadership and everything. So thank you, those of you who, who were who were there. And also, if you were not there, don't worry. I will be over the coming months be sharing more and more details and sharing that. And we're going to provide more opportunities to gather as a core team those who consider themselves a part of Open Arms and this is their home, this is their family and so I, I will be continuing to do that also over the coming months and update you what's going on. We believe that Jesus is greater than all things. He's greater than all things. I, I, this is really a series that, that God put on my heart to prepare us as Christians in a time where it seems like there's turmoil, there's volatility, you see what's going on in Israel yesterday, it's a time for Christians to get on our knees and to pray and to open our eyes and be able to read the word and see, okay, what's going on in the world, what's God called me to do to be a part of it, we see today everything that's going on and attacking the truth and attacking family and attacking marriage and attacking language itself and so many people just go, you know, what do I do, where do I go, what? Well, we need to go first and foremost back to the Word, God's Word, 
And then we got to study his word and see that Jesus Christ is greater than all things. We're going back into Colossians. We're seeing what it was like back in the day, 2,000 years ago in Colossians. And what Paul was saying to the Christians, you know, are words that are continuing to apply to us today in the 21st century. And so we've been uh, doing a 12-week series. This is week four leading up to Christmas. We're asking everybody to commit to being here every Sunday. And if you miss, you can catch up online. And we've got our podcast there. Go up straight away on the Sunday evening. And then also on YouTube and our videos. But if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Four weeks in, we're still in Colossians chapter 1. Now, as I... Someone left a bottle of water there. Let's just throw that away. Um, as I was getting ready for this message, I, I'm, I had at this stage building up to just from verse 1 to verse 20. Like, um, I'm a preacher, so I exaggerate. This is not an exaggeration, right? And my wife always tells me, yeah, tell the truth. <laughs> I've spent about 50 hours in this verse 1 to verse 20 in the last four, three to four weeks. 50 hours, just getting in, studying, studying, studying. When I first read this scripture, verses 21 to 23, firstly, I was a little struck by, I don't really see anything there. And I had to keep reading and reading over it again. It went from 24 to 29, all the way through. But on Thursday morning, um, we had Something go on between uh, myself and Rahul as we're preparing for certain uh, difficulties and certain things. They're just, you know, crises that pop up in your life and pop up. You have a plan and strategy. All of a sudden, this thing came in from nowhere. We're getting emails. We're dealing with stuff and trying to get a phone call. And we're like, you know, and, and given some what could very much be bad news. And we're like, uh, you know, your anxiety is rising. My adrenaline rises in it. And I, I remember I stopped and I said to Rahul, it's going to be okay. I'm prepared for these moments. It's like, if it's all going to fall apart, let's just stay calm. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Then all of a sudden we get a phone call. Everything was sorted. Everything is done. My adrenaline was through the roof. Then I, all of a sudden, then looking at the scripture, in 10 minutes, God gave me this sermon. I was like, boom, I see it. And I really, I want to... I want to really speak into your faith today. That's why I use that word prophesy. It's prophesy into your faith today. God is doing something that he's never done before in our, in this time, in this day, in this age. And he can do something that he's never done before in your life. And I want to just stir up your faith, no matter what you're walking through, going through, the business of life, the mundaneness of life, or whatever it is, for you to know God can do something miraculous in and through your life. Here it is, verse 21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. This was our sinful nature. This was our state. But now, your present reality is that he has reconciled you by Christ's body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. When you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Is that what it says? When you continue in your faith, it says if. If you continue in your faith. Let's go back to verse 22 just for a moment, Sierra. But now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation 
Verse 23, if you continue in your faith. What an interesting thing why Paul would say this, that he would add in a responsibility on us to continue our faith. If you will be holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Here's what I want to speak to you in the title today. When, not if. When, not if. This is a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith that declares when, not if. If our faith is built on if rather than when, it produces within us an insecurity and an instability in which our faith is built on. Well, if this happens, if that works out, if it goes my way, then, no, when, when, when it doesn't work out, <laughs> that's probably the truth more than it's going to work out. When it's going to hit the fan and things are going to happen and crisis happens. When? What's Hebrews 11 verse 1 says? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's, it's a belief. It's an assurance. And assurance about what we do not see. It, it's, it's calling us to exchange our if for when. When, not if. It's correcting our faith talk. It's correcting our language. I have met so many people over the years that say, well, if God. No, no. When God. That's your fear rising up for you to use the word if rather than when. You're afraid that you're going to look like an idiot rather than God being the one who's going to come out foolish in the end. Why won't you just choose to go, when this happens, I'm going to believe. I'm going to have faith. When, not if. Paul opens up in verse 21. He says, once you were alienated. You were isolated. You were detached. You were disconnected from God. That, that was the state of our life. That was our past. Once you were alienated, verse 21, once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Our sin keeps drawing us back to this place. Our sin keeps drawing us back to being alienated and being enemies in our minds. The feeling of being isolated. The feeling of being disconnected from God. The feeling from being abandoned. The feeling when we go through hurt and pain and trauma, what do we become? We may almost become alienated once again and become enemies in our minds where the enemy, the enemy, tries to get us to believe the, the lies that, oh, God doesn't love you. God doesn't see you with favor anymore. Oh, God has abandoned you. And we ask questions, well, why God? And anger rises up within us, which we are to bring our anger to God, yes, and to, to allow him to redeem that and for, forgive and heal and everything. But when we have an anger that turns into bitterness and resentment, what does it cause us to do to become alienated from God? But... 
It's our natural state that is supernaturally transformed through our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's this sinful nature. What happens is I, I, I am transformed from my sinful nature into a saved nature. I'm a new creation. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. That's not me anymore. I, I am no longer alienated. I'm no longer an enemy of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. That's who I'm seeing. Verse 22. But now, now, this is your present and current reality. He has reconciled you. That is important. He has reconciled you. Last week, we looked at this. We, we looked at the whole idea of reconciliation that we, we saw in the messages all about Jesus Christ and what Christ has done for you. Uh, reconciliation is resolving any discrepancies that may have been discovered. He reconciles you. That your, you were once alienated from God. You are enemies in your minds, but because Christ died for us, that through the Son, we are reconciled. We are restored to the Father. We are no longer alienated and disconnected. We are now connected. We, we, are, we are family. Family of God. It says reconciled how? By Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusations. Jesus Christ was our sacrificial atonement. You read through the Old Testament. You'll see that through the law, through the law that God gave Moses that was lived out through Israel, and many continue to fulfill this law today, through the law, a sacrificial lamb, one without speckle or without blemish, one that was clean and pure, that would take the sins of the people, a sacrificial lamb was used to atone for the sins of the people. But Christ came from heaven to earth. God incarnate. He is God. Jesus Christ is God. He came to be our sacrificial lamb. He took sin upon himself, upon the cross. He became sin for us. So much so that what happens in that moment, he became alienated from God. He took sin upon himself. And through his sacrifice, we became holy in his sight. We became the ones who were without blemish. We became the ones who were free from accusation. Now through Christ's blood that was shed for us on the cross, we are set free. This is the gospel, Paul says, that you heard. That, that we are free, that we are purified, that we are cleansed. Does that mean that when I leave from here and when I sin and when I fail and I come back to Jesus and I say, I'm sorry, I repent, I confess, I find forgiveness? Yes. It's the life of grace. It's the life of walking with God. He took sin upon himself. Listen to these words again. Let's see. Verse 22. Through death to present you holy in his sight with a blemish and free from accusation. That's the truth. You got me? You with me in this? Here's the part that just completely stood out to me. This statement is directly connected to the next word. Verse 23. If you continue in your faith, till when? Till the end. Till the end. If you continue in your faith, Established and firm and do not move from the gospel, from the hope held in the gospel that you heard, what happens? You're holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. 
Well, what if I don't continue in my faith, firm and established? And I move on in the hope held in the gospel. Well, we could get into the philosophical conversations and the theological conversations and the doctrinal conversations about salvation. And we, we can do that. And me and you can do that. But here's what I would say to you, and this is what stood out to me. Let's remove the if from the conversation. And us as Christians, I'm removing the if. I don't even need to think about that because there's not going to be an if. I'm going to remove the if. I'm going to replace it with a when. When I continue in my faith. When I am firm and established. This is why I, I say this today, and God has just put this so, convicts me so much and put this on my heart because I know as I'm looking out among you today, there are some of you who will not continue. Why? Because I've been doing it for 15 years and many people who I stood and preached up to didn't continue. It, it is my responsibility as the pastor, as the preacher, as the leader here today to say to you with a conviction, make the decision today. I'm going to show in you a moment why, but make the decision today. I will continue. I will be firm. I will be faithful. I will never give up. I will be established. I will hold on to the hope held on from the gospel that I've heard. I will. I will not give up. As faithful Christians, we're called to exchange our if for when. I want to share with you three areas, three core areas of our life that God calls us to do this. Firstly, making a decision. When, not, if. I remember, I have to bring this into. When, not if. Here's, here's three areas of our life that we need to exchange our if for when. You with me? Yeah. If God. If God provides if God makes a way if God restores if God forgives if God breaks through if God answers if God directs what's verse 21 say for a moment let's just look at it once more time once this is not working for me once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior but now, next verse, but now he has reconciled you by Christ. What, what have we experienced here? We've experienced what God has the power to do. He's already saved me. He's changed me. He's transformed me. He's taken me from my sinful nature and he's completely renewed me. So therefore, why am I adding if God when instead I should be adding when God? When God? provides when God makes a way but he hasn't made a way but he will make a way when God it's changing our faith talk it's changing our daily walk it's changing everything about us and here's what we need in order to change from if God to when God we need bold belief we need a bold belief it it requires to bring change in this world, in this nation, in your life, it requires bold 
belief. When everything is coming against you and everyone tells you that all the facts and the realities that they've come up with about why God is not or why this one happened, you say, you can say all you want, do all you want. I have a bold belief. I got a bold belief. It's bold. Why is it bold? Because it's bold in the face of fear. It's bold because it doesn't make sense. It's bold because it shouldn't work out. It's bold because all these reasons why, but I've got a bold belief. Ireland are going to win the World Cup in Jesus' name. <laughs> Here's the second if. Here's the second if. What if? What if? What if there's an economic recession? What if war breaks out? What if there's a global pandemic that spreads all across the world and we're shut in? What, what if? What if there's a cultural divide? What if there's political unrest? What, what, what if? What, what happens in this scenario? We are placing in the forefront of our minds scenarios that are completely outside of our control. Here, here's, here's to change it, right? Just to really stir up your faith. What if to when? Oh, when the economy falls apart. When government cannot be relied on and trusted. When there is such a culture of divide that it splits up families. When? When disease is rampant all across our world. When? When war breaks out as it is right now. When there's certain things happening and the signs of the ends of the world. When? When the, 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 all of a sudden we're experiencing more storms and more natural disasters. When? 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 Here, here's one to bring it home for a moment that I've had this conversation with many, many parents. What if my child hears the gender and sexuality ideology, hears it, and falls into it? No, no. You need to hear this. When your child hears the ideology, they will be firm and resolute and established because of what I've instilled in them through the word. That, that's, that's faith talk. That's speaking over your life, speaking over your children's life. And you got to put the faith into action. You can't just speak it. You got to do it. You hear what I'm saying? But you say, when? I'm not going to be caused the what ifs to cause them fear. What if this doesn't happen? What if we don't get that? What if, well, what's the point in thinking that way when I say, no, when? When? When it happens? When it's going to happen? Here's what we need is what happens in verse 23. It says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm. It's making a decision. I will be established and firm. I will. I'm going to have firm faith. My faith's going to be firm. My faith's going to be firm. It, it, it is a firm faith. I know God. I, I know his truth. I, I know his word. I know his promises. I know it. I've lived it. I've seen it. I know it. You can put every scenario under the sun and everything that's going to happen. I don't care. I know God. I got a firm faith. It's a belief from experiencing the power of God. It's a firm faith in walking with God in relationship with Jesus Christ. I got firm faith. I know it. I got it. Here's Here's the third, if, probably the most difficult, if I, if I, 
If I suffer, if I doubt, if I experience loss, disease, pain, sickness, defeat, if I, it's, it's personal, if I'm hurt by others, my pr- trust is broken, if I'm let down, if I'm called names and slandered and put down, if I, the most difficult statement to make is when I. One truth that you learn in life is gets more and more difficult as the years go by. And when I, when I suffer, when I get to the end of myself, when I am experiencing loss, pain, depression, anxiety, worry, when I, I will. Verse 23 continues, says, do not move on from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel you heard. It's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Proclaim over your life faith and hope. I will not move from the hope held out in the gospel. When I, I will not move from the hope held out in the gospel. I will not give up. I will not give in. I will not let down. I will not let up. I will hold on to the hope. When I face trials and troubles and trauma, I'll never give up. I'll never give up. I will remain steadfast in my spirit and connected to the spirit of God. See, what happens? The enemy wants to draw us back through our sinful nature, that you're alienated, you're disconnected, you're an enemy of, in your mind of God. You do you not realize that God does not want the best for you? He's not hope for you. All the lies that he's not, he's taking his hand off your life. Do you not realize these things? Our mind listening to believe in the lies of the enemy, but no matter what's happening, it's saying, I will never give up. I will never give up. What do we need? We need steadfast spirit. Steadfast spirit, endure, perseverance, patience. Okay, forgiveness, reconciliation with my enemies, with my friends, with my wife, whoever it is. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be steadfast. Listen to the rest of chapter 1. Colossians 1, 24 to 29 says, Now I rejoice. Sorry, I forgot to move this on. I will rejoice in what I am Suffering. I rejoice for what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. This is so important when it comes to when we need a steadfast spirit, a firm faith, and a bold belief is having purpose beyond our suffering. Having purpose beyond your suffering. When you have purpose beyond your suffering, you'll never give up. You'll keep going. You're experiencing pain. You're getting completely like beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. But I got purpose. I got purpose. I got something to live for. You you can take everything else away from me, but you can't take my purpose. I got purpose. 25. I become its servant. Servant to what? 
to the purpose that God has given him beyond his suffering. Servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery, which is the mystery of God's grace, the mystery of the gospel. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mercy, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a hope that produces a steadfast spirit. It's a hope that rises, that burns, that is passionate within you. It's Christ in me. I got, I got hope in me. I got Christ in me. He is the hope of my glory. No, God will redeem this situation. God will turn this around for his good. God, what the enemy intended to use to harm me, God will turn it he will redeem it for his good christ in me is the hope of glory no weapon formed against me or my marriage or my children will prosper but god will use it to build me up i'll never give up verse 28 he is the one we proclaim Admonishing and teaching everything, everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, my purpose, the purpose that God has given you, to this end, the purpose that he's given you as a parent, the purpose that he's given you as a friend, as a colleague, as a worker, the purpose that he's given you and the calling that he's placed on your heart, on your life, the commission that he's given you to be a disciple, to make disciples, to, to be someone who brings the light in the darkness, who brings hope and good news to the world around you, how you live, how you walk, all of your life to continue until the very end. I strenuously contend with all the energies Christ so powerfully works in me. I love that. I strenuously, it's hard, it's hard work. I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me, I won't give up. I will have bold belief, firm faith, a steadfast spirit. I want to illustrate it for you. I hope this works. I want to illustrate it for you today because this is a great idea. I'm just hoping it works out. Um <laughs> This is fun for you. Yeah, try it out. Something new, something different. Here's a, here's a, an illustration for you today. This light bulb is a picture of perseverance. You study the, the story of the, the long-lasting light bulb. It's a story of never giving up, to having purpose beyond your suffering. At the time in which Thomas Edison, who was the inventor of the light bulb, he had failed. And he was famously asked by a reporter, you're such a failure. How do you feel after failing 10,000 times? He says, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> famously said, attached to that, success is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. I got to strenuously contend with all the energy that I don't have, 
that God, Christ so powerfully works in me because it's a race that I got to run that is so difficult, that's so hard. The enemy is out to devour me, to steal, to kill, destroy. My children are out to kill me. <laughs> My work is out to completely suck the life out of me. The finances, the economy, everything on every front and everywhere I am and everything that I'm surrounding me is to completely, completely sap the energy out from under me. Here's the first thing. We got to be connected to a source to give us power. See, here's, here's what I've discovered. I've met so many more intelligent, smarter, educated people than I am, and they know everything. Oh, they know everything. They know everything about the Bible. They know everything about faith. They know everything about theology. They've gone to college for 72 years, and they're doing everything. And they can tell you how, how church should be, and how pastors should be, and how everything is to be, and how you should live your life. But if they don't experience and know the power of God, all that knowledge is worthless. I've got to be connected to the source. My bold belief comes from my experience of God. My bold belief comes from what I've experienced. I've seen his power. I've witnessed his power. I've seen from a young kid and from a teenager, God heal, God perform miracles, God make ways. I've seen it. You can't debate that. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Here, here's the second thing we need to know. We need to know. right? It's not, it's not having an intellectual experience or an experiential experience. right? It's not one or the other. We need to know. Hey, guess what? Many Christians today, 99% of Christians, they don't know. They don't know. What happens when you're asked questions? Where do you stand? What happens when you're confronted with people who have so passionate about their liberal ideologies and they come to you and you're like, uh, I, I read the Bible once. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the scripture that comes is what? Well, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, you got to know the word. You got you to know how, how it works. You got to know how it works. I got I to know how to access I gotta got know how it works. What happens if it breaks down? What happens if you experience doubt? You need doubt to strengthen your faith. The test in life will strengthen. We need, we need to know, all right? It's not, we don't need to all go and be scholars and go to Bible college, but we can learn. We can know. We can develop. You wanna be a better parent? Know more about God's word and truth and what he says about being a better parent. It's all there. We, we need to know. We need to have a firm faith. We need to have a firm foundation. We need to know. And finally, our belief in God, our personal relationship with Jesus, a bold belief, and a firm faith that produces within us a hope. It produces within us the Spirit of God that burns brightly and shines brightly within me. That we need the Spirit of God alive and active within us. It produces Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is a Christian. That's what it looks to be a Christian. One who shines, one who's bright, one who's got hope burning within them. Not because life is going great. No, because God is greater than. 
Because God is greater than. But when? When? When it happens? When I? When I suffer trials and trauma and trouble and it dampens the hope within me. What does it do? It, it, suffering can bring us back to the place, verse 21 and 22, being alienated from God, enemies in our mind, and eventually we disconnect our hope. And I'll give you a personal illustration as I finish. For me, this became very real for me last November, December. I remember I experienced what I could only describe as a darkness. Gone through so much, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, steadfast spirit, I can go, I can go, I can go. And all of a sudden woke up morning, one morning saying to Jill, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why this is happening. I, I don't know why I feel like this. Many of you have had that moment before. Maybe you are in that moment. And, and you're like, I can't describe it. I can't define it. You're almost like palpitations thinking about why is this happening? And as I, as I looked at my life and see, okay, what, what's wrong? What's, what's going on? My belief in God was super strong. Like I was connected to God. I had belief for his church. I had belief. My belief, okay, my belief was not the problem. My firm faith, I have, I, my knowledge of God was strong. I, I, my faith was not wavering. Like I wasn't like, it wasn't a faith crisis. It was a personal, emotional, mental crisis. But slowly what happened is my spirit became weak. My hope looked like this. And it disconnected me from God. As I discovered in that, and I discovered the reality of why, it, it began to help me to find out how to reconnect. How to go to counseling, to find out why this is happening. How to learn how to be vulnerable. How to learn how to say, I feel. I No joke, I would sit in this counselors and say, like, I need the, the sheet. Just to remind me again what my feelings are. <laughs> yeah, no, that looks right. That's how I feel. I, I feel, I feel. I tell my friends, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Can't do this. I had to go back to the word. I had to strengthen my belief because I need to look at, oftentimes we, need, we, we look at the fixing the weakest part, actually focusing on the weak part when actually I, I feel God gets us to focus on what's our strong part. Okay, I know my belief in God. God, I'll go back to the promises of God. I, I, I know my faith is strong. I, I pour worship music. I, I get in and I, I know I know God. Like I know him. I, I know his word. I'm, I'm confident. What happens slowly but surely, spirit becomes strengthened. Hope comes back. Hope comes back. It's slow, it's, it's difficult, but I'm, it's when God is going to bring breakthrough in me. I won't give up. I'll never give up. I don't know how long you may have been screwing in your light bulb, bringing the hope back. I don't know how long you may have been in that place where your spirit that is weak or dry, again, being strengthened. 
But I want to encourage you, never give up. And I say this for you for a message to deposit in your heart, to keep for when the day comes, when disaster strikes, when you suffer, when you experience trial and trouble and trauma and what happens, your worst case scenario takes place in you. When? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hang on, invite the worship team back up as we finish. <laughs> Bold in our belief, firm in our faith. Thank you, Al. And steadfast in our spirit. You know, I didn't orchestrate this this way. I just thought about this when I was in worship. And I'm going to embarrass them, but that's all right. I like to do that. These guys here are a story of never giving up. Sean Fennell and um, Lynn Fell. Thank you, Lynn. I nearly said Gina. <laughs> Lynn Murto. Well, she's, to Sean, she's, to Sean, she's Fennell. This is a, a father and daughter. They, they came first to Open Arms in Newbridge, 2012, we saw your date this week as we were going through all of our people in the church. 2012, had experienced and gone through one of the worst crises in church that completely broke them and hurt them and brought so much pain, they could have walked away and they never give up. I, I met them in 2012 and I said, I'm going to plant the church in Dundrum someday. 11 years ago, they said, well, we'll come. And we started very first day, they were here, and they haven't left. We got uh, Mark and Rowena. Uh, I stepped into St. Catherine's Church back in April 2015, my first time there. These guys were, were playing worship, and this is their first time back on worship together since then, which is incredible. Went through a lot in that space of eight years. Didn't give up. Didn't give up. Jody. I saw her back at that time as well. She was 14 years old, playing the guitar. <laughs> and she's still playing. Never give up. Still loves Jesus. Still is serving God. Let me tell you, there is, I could fill this platform a hundred times over with the amount of people who gave up. Didn't continue. Sometimes it was over the most inconsequential, stupid words said or thing they didn't do. Or sometimes it was like genuinely they were hurt and broken and stabbed in the back and their trust was broken. And like for all intents and purposes, they could say, I'm walking away. But Rosie, Rosie, who I've been on the platform with for 20 years, since we're 16, you can do the age. She's younger than me, so I was 16. She's like, she were like eight at the time. So, uh, serving together, serving together. We've seen everybody come with us, around us. We've given up, never give up. Keep serving Jesus. Keep worshiping him. Everything but the kitchen sink, sometimes even the kitchen sink is thrown at you. I never given up. Because I'm not in this for any person. 
I'm in it for the person of Jesus Christ. I got purpose beyond my suffering. Never give up. Come on, let's just stand to our feet. Because we're going to just finish in worship. And I felt today to finish in this way. So you've heard this message, you know this. Never give up. When, not if. When, God. Declare that today. When, God. When, God performs. When, God makes a way. When, God heals. When, God restores. When, God. When, God. What if disaster strikes and everything falls apart? Well, when that happens, I will. Well, if I, if I suffer, well, when I suffer, purpose beyond myself but here's what I just felt God put on my heart as we sing and as we worship in this moment to stand in the gap of those who have not held on to the hope found in the gospel the men and women brothers and sisters sons, daughters, mothers fathers friends, best friends, lifelong friends who gave, oh, they have all the reasons why. I understand that. It's not for you to reason with them. But right now, I just feel as you, let me just raise out your hands before you. Feel right now. Picture them, pray for them. Let's prophesy into their life. 